Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. Roxanne Durhach. Thanks for tuning in again to Authentic Living with Roxanne. Today I have a special guest, Lindsay Gordon, with us. Uh, Lindsay is a career coach, and I think a career coach in the right time. Not that career coaching um, has not been an important thing for most of us to have in our in our careers, um, but she works specifically with analytically uh, minded people. Um, to kind of help them, I would say, meander their way through making some choices. She is the owner um, of a coaching company called A Life of Options, LLC. So, Lindsay, thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So let's talk a little bit. I would say that most people in this time, um, and I know throughout my career, I always had guidance from someone that helped me make those decisions in reference to my career. How do you find most people make that decision initially to kind of source out someone like yourself with their expertise, with your expertise? Yeah. I think they've probably been in a spot of wondering for a while. And maybe it's asking themselves the same questions over and over and over again of, is this really what I want to be doing? Do I want to do this other thing that I've thought about? You know, do I need to quit? All of these kind of questions. And for some people, they've been asking themselves this for one year, for five years, some people for 10 years. And I think you get to a spot where you are not really showing up as the person you know yourself to be at work. Mm -hmm. Sometimes your partner or your friends are like, Hey, you've been, you know, asking for support for a long time. It might be time to take some action. So I think in some ways people get to the spot where they're like, I don't think I can figure this out by myself. I think I need some kind of support. And I think that's a, a great place to land because so often we feel like I have to figure it out myself. For myself, I know I've used, um, I've had outplacement coaching when I've been, you know, kind of given a severance package, those types of things. So let's say the average person doesn't know what a career coach does. So tell, tell me some of the basics, because I, I think I know, but I may, I may be off base there. So what, what is it that a career coach actually does um, when someone comes to them? Yep. So I like to share kind of a little framework of three types of career coaches so that people can understand which type might I be looking for. So I think about kind of three buckets. The first one is exploration. And this is if you're asking questions like, what is it that I want to do? You know, I kind of fell into this career after school. I don't feel like I intentionally chose this. What am I really looking for? So that career coach can help you kind of go internally, ask what you're looking for, what's important to you and how you might connect that to your job. Mm -hmm. The second bucket is you can also work with somebody for job search tactics. So if you're looking for support with resume, cover letter, interviewing, negotiating, all of that, there are a collection of career coaches that can work on that. 
And then there's also kind of the third bucket, which we generally call leadership or executive coaching, which can help you grow in a role that you like, but you want to increase your leadership in that role. So those are kind of the three areas. And really, I think they're always, you know, somebody who can help you understand more about what's right for you and to get where you want to be going in your career is probably the simplest way to think about it. So, you know, I remember uh, when I went to university, they sent you the career guidance um, office. That was not very helpful. I don't know about (laughs) your university, but I remember thinking, well, I think I want to, you know, my thing is I'm a psychotherapist. That's my formal training. And I thought, well, maybe they'll be able to guide me. And I went there and I'm like, I think they know less than I'm kind of lost. I'm an undergrad first year and I'm trying to kind and it really, they were, it wasn't very helpful. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering like if most people have had that experience, they probably really don't know those three areas that you're talking about because myself, you know, 18 years old, first year university, I'm trying to kind of like, you know, get my way about, am I making the right choice? And, and they, they weren't very, they would be like, okay, you can check those journals over there. And I'm like, okay, well, I think I could have probably figured myself Um, you know, I probably could have figured that out myself, but obviously what you're talking about is there, there's a, like an entire kind of space that you can go into, whether you're trying to figure it out. Like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people in university kind of coming out, they have a sense of what they like. Um, or like you said, someone that's kind of trying to figure out, am I taking the right steps in my career? Right. And I've been there. (laughs) Or if I am in a, a, you know, um, a, say a management position or leadership position, I'm trying to kind of decide where I want to go, then I can kind of, but I don't know what to do. I I think I have these aspirations, but how do I do it so I don't overstep? And how do I do it in a way that I can use my sponsors to help me or mentors, those types of things. So there's a lots of different ways that um, I would say this field that you're in has, I would say blossomed since I've been in university, which is quite a long time ago. And I, I think one thing that is usually less helpful about kind of that, that experience that you shared about the career counselor is that's a lot of external, like, okay, based on the experience that you have, you know, maybe you should do this thing. And I think, I think one thing that's really hard is that we get so much noise externally as to what we should do, right? So there's a lot of what we should do based on our skills, what we should do based on what society thinks that, you know, our jobs should mean to us. And so I think actually the most difficult thing for the clients that I work with is listening to what they actually want instead of getting all of those external, um, suggestions and opinions. Cause especially, you know, with our friends and family peers, a lot of people are trying to help us get to where we want to be, but they don't always know what's right. And so if, if somebody can figure out what is actually important to them, that is the thing that unlocks so much about where you want to go in your career, rather having that, all of that kind of external opinions. So really, it's, I mean, as you know, I, I work a lot with uh, authentic leadership and I, you know, in the, with, with uh, leaders, it's about finding that grounding within themselves to really come from a place that what I'm living is in alignment with my actions. So really, it's about kind of going in there. But I think, you know, the, I, I call it like 
you know, white noise, I'm going to call it shrapnel of this time that we're in. There's so much coming at us, right? Like, you know, with, with the pandemic and with, you know, a lot of people having shifted um, what the concept of home and work is, just yeah. a, so many moving parts that I would think in this time that you're probably, what, what would you say the average person is coming to you with now in mind, with all those things? I mean, what are, what are most yeah. people, and if, maybe that's a difficult question, but. No, I think why? there's this feeling of, is this what I want to be doing with my life? Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty big question of, you know, time is short. We get one precious life. Is this what I want to be doing? Is this the highest use of my potential in a way that actually feels authentic to me? And so I think it just, I think mostly the pandemic, you know, has had us think about, hold on. Oh my gosh, I kind of woke up for a moment. And what do I really want to be doing? Is work the most important thing to me? Is something outside of work, the most important thing to me. And how does work fit into that? So I think it really is this, like, is this truly what I want to be doing with my life? Is this the most fulfilling and authentic way that I can be having my career? And I think that's a a really common theme that I'm hearing. And, you know, we've been hearing about this, uh, you know, this new resignation. And at first I was like, well, but then it you know you kept hearing a lot of uh, companies talking about it and because I think you know out of the one thing that's positive that's come out of the pandemic is that because then we were like okay you're going home <laughs> you're, you're working from home now your children are home and you know we're all kind of under this the same space I think a lot of leaders um, and people started to recognize that um, wow like maybe my time is being, um, you know, misaligned with what really I want, because I can think of myself when I was a young executive, um, you know, I had a baby, and I was traveling a lot. And, you know, I, I was doing it, but it was like, kind of like my, you know, keeping the water under my nose kind of thing. Some days I was like drowning, definitely other days, I was barely kind of keeping it up. And what I started to realize was that after a while, I I had to come to that point where I had to have a value, um, kind of deep value conversation with myself and my um, husband of that time of what I can probably keep doing this, but it's not going to be good for a family. And then at which point I was thinking about quitting, but was able to, and it was going back quite a while in 2004, I was able to go virtual um, as an executive, which was kind of unheard of. Um, at that time and you know there was a a fair lot of trepidation in myself because I wanted I loved what I did I loved being a new mom but I didn't like all the other trappings that came with it the travel and the long hours and all those things and luckily for me in that time there was that opening which was something that was not the most positive but I kind of leveraged it to be able to um, to go on and become virtual in my career back, like I said, quite a long time ago. But I think mm-hmm. the pandemic has created that space because a lot of people that I'm hearing are kind of going back to employers or um, looking around in their sectors for things that are more in alignment with what's valuable for them. Yeah, I have such a similar story right now where I have a client who during the pandemic, he was given some accommodations of getting to work from home a couple of days a week. And he has a couple of young kids 
And he's just been told that uh, towards the end of the year, he's going to need to come back into the office five days a week. And it really just isn't the best for him and his family. And, you know, we start to add on things like commute, things like travel. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're like, hold on a moment. Like, I don't think I can go back to where I was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I think that is a question that a lot of people are asking. And especially with young families of mm-hmm. where do I wanna be spending my time and how much do I wanna be spending time on work? So yeah, I think that's really common. And I think the life cycle, right? Like you're, you know, the first couple of years, it, it's, it's tough. And, uh, but once they kind of, you know, your children get into school and stuff like that it makes it a little bit easier, but it's that first three, you know, one to five years with couples juggling and, you know, you know, with two or three children and, you know, and then activities and all that stuff. And if both partners are traveling along with everything else, it's a little bit dizzy if you kind of stop to think about it. And I think that's what the positive has been with uh, people with the pandemic. So with, with, um, let's talk about, so the third option that you talked for career um, uh, coaching was a lot of leaders kind of coming to you and and thinking about, okay, well, I'm in a leadership position, uh, but I want growth or I want, not even if I want growth, I maybe want to look at where I'm at. Maybe I'm 15 years into a career, um, you know, you're kind of starting to think, okay, is this all there is? So what kind of work would you do with someone like that to kind of help them decide what, what kind of route they're going to take? Yeah, it's a good timely question because I have a lot of clients right now who are I think between about 10 and 23 years in the same company. So they're often like, okay, do I stick around? You know, are there more lives here for me at this company? And the three things that I help people focus on, number one is clarity. Number two is confidence. And number three is communication. So what I would do with somebody who's looking to continue to expand in their role and see what there might be available, we always want to start with clarity of Mm -hmm. what is important to you. What are those values? What are you great at? What are the strengths? Um, What activities give you energy? What activities drain your energy? Mm -hmm. And how can we start to really align what it is that you do with those different pieces so that you have a really clear picture of, oh, this is why this piece of the work feels really good to me. What if I could do more of it? The second piece is that confidence of being incredibly confident about your unique value and also about your strengths. How are you talking about those strengths with your leadership team? How are you talking about those strengths with your manager and being incredibly clear so that for that third piece, communication, you can be having uh, conversations of, I know that I thrive when I am in this environment, when I'm doing this type of work, I would love to be doing more of that. And so, you know, one example is a client who discovered that she absolutely loves presenting in front of stakeholders and that aligns with her values, that aligns with her strengths. It's really energy giving for her. And so she had a conversation with her manager to say like, oh, I identified that this is something that really fires me up. And then her manager started finding opportunities for her to do that. Mm. And so the more that we are clear 
the more we can communicate that with other people and we start to be really proactive about getting those opportunities that are going to align really well with what's important to us. So is, are when you're doing your um, meetings with them, is it conversational where you're drawing that from them? Do you actually use any kind of um, tools to, you know, it's one thing for me to say one thing and, you know, not that any of us ever tell little lies about ourselves, but sometimes oh, no, we do. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and then you kind of look at the actual quantifiable metrics about, oh, you said you like this, but then I see that these are the 10 activities that you say you spend most of your time with. So that incongruence sometimes can come into a space that you're like, oh, help me understand this. Do you use a little bit of actual metrics that's quantifiable along with experimental, experiential kind of um, data yep. collection from the client? Yeah. So the, the reason I talk about being a, an analytical, a career coach for analytically minded people is because I actually have an engineering degree, which is okay. very unusual in this space. Um, so I love frameworks. Um, you know, we, we've got a lot of spreadsheets going on. So <laughs> not only are we doing a lot of exercises that either I've created or curated from a lot of great career coaching books, but also we do, um, one of my favorites is StrengthsFinder. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it can just be so helpful to help people articulate. These are the things that feel good to me. And this is why, because they actually align with strengths. Mm -hmm. So I think that helps. Yes, we take the anecdotal and then we also take the StrengthsFinder and, you know, see how they match up, give you a slightly different mindset shift about some of those strengths or what those activities are. So yes, I love the love the, the strength finder assessment along with. So yeah. let me ask you a question. How does an engineer end <laughs> up in career coaching? That's a story in and of itself. That really is. <laughs> um, I like any good career transition. I have fallen into all of mine, um, started in engineering, then fell into technical support actually and I found that that was, I loved technical support. I love customer service. Um, I feel like it's a little bit of engineering, that problem solving, but also with people. Mm -hmm. And that has been the theme throughout my whole career. So while I was doing technical support, I took on an additional part of my job to do onboarding and training for our mm -hmm. team. And so many of the people joining our team were like, oh, I don't know what I want to be doing with my career. I don't know where I want to be going. What if I get stuck here? You know, how do I talk to my manager? So I just ended up talking to people kind of on the side of this job. Which is um, such a which is such an, an amazing story because truly you are living what you do, right? right because right. truly, like because to your point, right? Most yeah. of us. We grew up, so I grew up in a business family, and uh, then I thought I wanted to help people, and which I which I still do in my um, speaking and training. But it, I ended up, you know, going through for psychology, then doing a lot of that. Then I ended up being, a, you know, really attracted to business, probably because of affinity, yeah. um, but then didn't go into, you know, kind of um, corporate you know, sales, which is kind of what I was exposed to with my family, but that ended up doing speaking training and consulting and coaching in businesses. So it's funny because you're, you're yeah. so right. It's almost like there's a guidepost. You have a lot of, you know, extraneous variables that, you know, at 18 years old, you, you know, you may be picking an undergraduate degree and, and then kind of, you know, at mid stage, you're thinking, 
how did I end up from whatever engineering you were in to career mm -hmm. coaching? So it's almost like you're guiding yourself based on exposure. Oh, don't like this. Don't like, the, oh, I like this. Oh, I, I want to investigate this. And then you kind of go from there to there to there to get to the point where you're doing what you're doing and I'm doing what I'm doing. So it's quite fascinating. When, I'm sure when you guide um, younger people that are starting off because some of what I often say, I have a 20 year old who's mid university and I, and, and he'll say, well, I'm really not sure. And I go, well, you know, you have to intuitively go with what you love, but it's kind of hard because that does shift as you, you know, kind of age developmentally. Absolutely. And I think what I like to tell people is we're not going for having it all figured out. I think there's this narrative that like at some point we're going to arrive to a place where we feel like we know exactly what we're doing. Yes. And I don't think that ever happens. And I don't actually want that for people. I want there to be a lifelong curiosity, playfulness, serendipity, mm. discovering different things. And if you can kind of make the decisions that actually feel authentic and aligned for you at each of those moments, that to me feels like a life well-lived rather than I have chosen this one thing. I will do this one thing. I have it figured out. Absolutely. It's, it's almost like an evolution. Yeah. Um, and kind of, like you said, you know, I, I picked this, like my first particular job out of grad school was um, I was a first responder uh, for victims of crime. Right. So, and I mean, uh, loved it in that, my personality was wired for it to be able to do it. And guess what? I learned the ability, you know, a skill that I learned, which I still use now and lots of is I can assess and connect quickly. So it's a skill. Mm -hmm. And of course you're, you know, you're instant repeating because unfortunately in your capacity, my job was that you didn't have time. You had to be able to assess and connect really quickly to deliver. So again, that skill development, like to your point, of whatever you're doing, you're, you're crafting and you're, you're taking some um, skills that you're going to, you know, you, those transferable skills, which you hear about, is, it's so true. And now that I look back at my career, which is, you know, closer to the end than the beginning, you recognize it's like that younger version of yourself, just kind of enjoy the experience. Yep. And I love your mention of that because so often when people are at a company for a long time and are thinking about making a move, they have this feeling of, I need to start over. I need to take an entry-level position. And I, I love how you're thinking about it. Of Yeah. Even those skills from that first job, absolutely. They're coming with you. And there's a, a great phrase, I think from the book, so good, they can't ignore you. He calls it career capital of every career is going to give you experiences, skills, connections, and absolutely you're going to bring that with you. So it's not that you are completely starting over. It's not that you're completely abandoning what you're doing, but you're adding to all these skills and just using it in the next way. So yes, I did engineering. I am no longer an engineer, you know, in the work that I do, but I absolutely bring my engineering mindset and experiences and kind of ways of approaching problems. So I think that's a great way to think about it. Yeah. And I think for, um, you know, people now let's talk a little bit to, we talked to, you know, that in this time, a lot of people are thinking about, do I need to quit? I think I would love to hear your take on this and how someone should really think about it. So we know, unfortunately, with our economies, 
how many people have, you know, gone through tough times. So a lot of people are sometimes sticking because they want to know that they, you know, to be able to take care of their, their families and those types of things. So a lot of, but now that I think we're probably seeing more people going back into actual physical environments and economies coming back a bit, but there's still a lot of people are thinking, do I quit? So how do you give me your take on that in, in this time? Yeah. I think it's, you always need to know your own situation, right? I will never tell you yes or no is right for you. Um, I think there is a situation where if the environment really isn't a good fit for you, if you are really struggling to show up at work, you know, quitting might be the right choice for you. But I think there's so much that we can do before quitting. And often it's the first thing that we think of, like, I'm really struggling. I feel stuck. Maybe I need to quit. Kind of those those two thoughts just happen really fast after another. So I think what I would invite people to do is to think about how can I get really clear about what is working and not working here so that I can make an intentional choice. Because if you quit without knowing that and you move to a next position, the same exact things could be happening in that environment and you wouldn't know about it and you would just feel like you know you're bad at picking jobs so i think if we can go back to that clarity of what is working for you what is not working for you are you doing more energy draining activities are you not getting the opportunity to use any of your top strengths in your role and the more clear you can be about that then you can start running little experiments of okay if I was to you know, say that growth is one of my biggest values, if I am, am getting a pretty low amount in my role right now, and that's one of the things that feels really out of alignment, how can we start to run some experiments of what are the smallest actions I could take in the direction of growth that would have a meaningful difference to me? So does that mean taking advantage of learning reimbursements in your company? Does that look like having a great conversation with your manager about your strengths and how you feel they're being used in that role. So I think getting clear, running experiments, seeing what opportunities they are, because I think when a lot of people are waiting for opportunities to come to them in the workplace, and the more that we can start to be proactive and be intentional and start to have conversations about what you're actually looking for in order to feel like it's a fit so you don't need to quit, there's so much that can change without needing to quit. So that's where I would really have people start. I think that confidence would be a big thing, especially now with a lot of the uncertainty, because if I, if I'm diametrically opposed in my position with my strengths, it would be tough, right? Because, you know, I'm an extrovert and I like connection and I like variety and I like people that gives me autonomy. So if you put me in a, in a, in a situation where I'm having to, you know, kind of bust out every single day of that kind of constricting context, I would probably, it, it would be like root canal daily, right? Yep. Truly. Yep. So I think that's a good way to, to, you know, I love it. Like think about what is it, you know, if I were to dream of the perfect ideal situation for me based on everything that's going on in my life, like you said, financially, um, developmentally with my family, where my, I see myself three, five or 10 years down the road, all those things, you know, become, and then once I'm clear, 
then learning that ability to, to, to create those opportunities, to go to my, my leader or my manager or whoever I'm working with on my team to get those opportunities. Because sometimes if you're clear, you can probably achieve the goal right where you are. Yep. You know, Absolutely. versus changing environments, just to, like you said, you know, I'm going to pop and pop and pop, at which point I'm going to get a bit frustrated because I'm not going to, because I'm not clear about really, you know, what are my, what are my strengths and what are my limitations? And we all yeah. have them yeah. and to accept them and, and not try to kind of like, I'm going to get better at this. And sometimes we're just, we can try really hard, but it's just not what we like to do kind of thing. So I like yeah. that. So again, that speaks to authenticity. You know, when I look at it as a big frame, if I'm not being real with myself, then it makes it difficult to kind of go out there and attract what I want, you know, in my work environment or in my home life or in my friendships or, or even in my community, if I want to make a difference, it's really being yep. true, true to who I am. Yeah. Now, One of the other ways that I love to have people do that is there are so many kind of words that we throw around in career of, you know, growth, success, recognition. And if I asked a hundred people to define growth, you would probably get a hundred different answers. And so I, I help people look at where they are going after going based on kind of external definitions of success. And if you can just say for yourself, what does recognition look like? Because your, your manager, your leadership team might be recognizing you, you know, financially, and that's actually not what recognition means to you. It means hearing on a you know, semi-regular basis that you're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. And so the more that we know about the definitions of these words that we talk about so much, recognition, growth, whatever they are, the more simply you can define it for yourself, then you can, again, communicate that to others and make sure that that is really showing up in work and you're not kind of talking past each other in, well, I am recognizing you. No, you're not. Oh, cause it's not in the way that's important to me. So that's another really simple way to, to get more of that authenticity with some of those words that we talk about a lot. Right. And just to really learn how to communicate because unfortunately to your point, if you say growth and everybody's definition is going to be different and I'm trying to tell you what I need for growth and we're not clarifying what your definition means for the vision and the mission of the company. Right. And, and you're saying to me, hey, you know, I give you that bonus or, you know, I was able to work with you on um, put you on this team or whatever, but it's, it's you're still missing the mark. So I think it's learning the skills of communication, too, I think would be quite instrumental in what you do, because if I have clarity, I'm gaining confidence, but I can't get out or get it across to the right people that could impact those steps for me, then I'm kind of, I'm going to be stymied again. Yep. Absolutely. I'm going to be stuck. Right. This has been a fascinating conversation. I think we could probably chunk out clarity and do a, a podcast in that confidence. We do a podcast in that and, you know, communication, because these are so vitally important things in people's careers. Yeah. Now, I would love for people to know if they want to have conversations with you, Lindsay, you know, where can they connect? And um, so maybe they can reach out and, and um, have a bit more of what you've shared with us today. Yeah, absolutely. So my website is a life of options.com. 
feel free to connect there. I have a great resource about the analytically minded job search roadmap, if that is useful for where you are in your career. And also please connect with me on LinkedIn. I love connecting with people. I share lots of client stories and experiences and ways to think about your career and doing what's right for you. So would happily connect there. Again, my name is Lindsay Gordon. So feel free to find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, what did I learn? You know, that going back to what I talked about with authentic leadership, if you are truly uh, gaining clarity and confidence and you're able to communicate to the people around you in whatever capacity, then you're well on your way. So to really be true to yourself and for leaders, think about that, right? Like with your um, authentic leadership, are you clear? Are you confident and are you able to impart that to your teams so that you can be in alignment, they can be in alignment, but based on what you're trying to achieve. So if you're needing more information on that, uh, just reach out to me at chatwithroxanne.com. We can jump on a quick call, even if it's just to chit chat about some of the things that Lindsay and I have talked about today, or if you're needing more, we can figure that out. Again, Lindsay, thanks so much for your time. And everyone, we'll chat with you soon. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.